Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Crafty Crew podcast. My name is Kinger, and as always, I'm joined by Mark. Hello. By Nelly. Well. And by Walshy. How now? Why? Where? Where is? Where is the goddamn foreigners? How now? What's up with this? I'm disappointed that this is not. Well, look, look, look. Right. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to give you a little story that I only remembered just as Kinger was introducing us. I had a little discussion <laughs> with a friend of ours, and he was like. Well, she, I miss your intro, your your hello. I was like, oh, I'll make sure to do that next time. And then literally, and as Kinger was saying, welcome, Mark, whatever, I was like, uh, is there any way I can say hello that I can think of right now besides bonjour? <laughs> you, could have uh, even said, you could have even said it in, in Irish. Like, you I know. don't know what hello is in Irish. Oh, dig a ditch, man. Dig a ditch. <laughs> I, I genuinely haven't a clue. What is it? Maybe maybe we uh, should this... dig a ditch and put Walshy in it, huh? <laughs> uh... Uh, this week we are heading to Leash and Kill Kenny. So which one of you uh, has switched this week, lads? Yeah, so I have the Ballykilcav and Long Meadow IPA this week um, from Ballykilcav Brewery uh, in Leash. They're based there near Stradbally in Leash. Um, it's a pretty cool place. I was looking into it, man. They've, they've, uh, they've had this farm for over 13 generations. The same farm since 1639 they've been working this farm um, and it was a working farm the guy who had this was uh, originally he wasn't into brewery or farming at all and then he took over it in 2004 from his dad and um, so he's the 13th generation in it and uh, then a while ago uh, they decided that they're going to put in a brewery because they make you know ireland's famous for its malted barley and they make some of the best in the country so they do they grow some of the best there in fact they've won a couple of awards for their malted barley um, which is used in brewing and distilling, so you know it's across both uh, both aspects of uh, alcohol, which is great. Nom, but uh, yes, yeah, so they've got a heap of uh, they've got a good few awards, and um, they <laughs> were planning on um, kind of opening up for the farmhouse and everything as kind of a tourist place because it is a working farm as well. So all the ingredients, um, you know, as much as they can, they take it from the farm. So all of their barley is from the farm. All of their water is from a well on site as well um, and then around october time what they'll do is they'll release a seasonal beer that's all hops grown on the farm as well so all of the ingredients are within a 500 meter radius um of where they're made so they've put in the new kits up there there a while ago they've uh so they're able to expand the range so they have all their core ones like uh we had bambrick's brown ale on our brown ale episode when everyone was kind of a bit you know trepidatious about having brown ales and uh it won a lot of people over, I think, especially Mark yourself. You, uh, you, you, yeah, yeah you kind of had a quick turnaround when you had that that one. It was, yeah, it's good people. It's really nice stuff. I've had a couple of more of their ales, their beers and stuff. Um, what I've seen as well, I found out that they're uh, all of their the names of the beers. So they're named after uh, different fields. So in farms, you have different names on different fields, just so you know which it is. So this one is Long Meadow, which is like one of their oldest fields that's over three hundred years old. And they've named the bear after each field. Now, whether that means that the barley comes specifically from that field, I highly doubt. But it's cool to have that kind of connection back to their farm that they're able to say, well, you know, Millhouse IPA is here and uh, Bambricks is this one here. You know, it's, uh, it's a nice little connection, so it is. But um, yeah, looking forward to trying this. The ones that I've had from them are pretty good. Um, I think the Bambricks Brown Ale is probably the nicest one I've had from them. Um, their line blocker is solid so it is a solid IPA um, but yeah Millhouse as well I think is another one that they have is pretty good but I'm really looking forward to trying this one at the minute 
Um, the other ones that I've seen lately is they have this one. It's called uh, Clancy's. Uh, I can't think exactly what it is, but it's Clancy's Cans. Yeah, Clancy's Cans. So what it is, it's a range of kind of experimental beers that they're bringing out at the minute. So one of them was like a uh, like a passion fruit sour type of thing. Another one was uh, Walnut Whip Stout. Um, yeah, so they have a couple of, a couple of really good ones coming out at the minute. Um, definitely worth giving a go if anyone's into trying some of the Stranger Things, which if anyone's listened to this podcast probably is. You're listening to us. We're pretty strange, so uh, you're probably going to try them. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell them that, Nally. Don't admit we to it. We are the upside down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Walshie, you haven't had... Um a foreign language introduction for the episode now since the start of this season have you also forgotten to do anything for um leash this week oh i have i uh, quickly got something um oh and, and as a very educated man <laughs> i was surprised i didn't know this leading into it but leash was officially known as a as queen's county in the honor of queen mary or other, better known as bloody mary between 1556 and 1920 and like I said as an educated man you know you mean you think you've learned you've learned it all but you know as they say <laughs> as the saying goes you learn something new every day you absolutely googled that one <laughs> was talking, didn't you no no I I googled it before we started there's a big difference okay fair enough fair enough fair enough, fair enough. we'll allow it uh Mark, where are you bringing us this week? Yeah, so let's take a little hop, skip and a jump over the border to Kilkenny. So it's uh, kind of cool. We've had some episodes this season where we've had new breweries. But uh, Sullivan's Brewery, Brewing Company, like um, Ballykin Kilcavan, has really deep roots. So in 1702, the O'Sullivan family established a brewery in the Maltings in Kilkenny. It went through loads of different generations. It was a real right in the heart of the city community brewery there was they were a soup kitchen for people regardless of religion during the famine there was a big fire in the late 1800s where the whole community came together to save the brewery you know they were really tied to the heart of it unfortunately in 1922 it shut down after world war one kind of got lost a little bit um then there would have been you know like smithicks and would have been becoming very big in kilkenny guinness had a brewery there for a long time only recently closed in 2014, I think, where all the Smithics was previously brewed in Ireland. Um, and in 2016, then, they kind of reopened. So the um, the Smithic and O'Sullivan families came together. to Well, they attempted to launch the Kilkenny Brewing Company, selling Sullivan's um, beers. But Guinness, uh, who make Kilkenny beer, quickly put a legal end to that, a little bit of shenanigans. So Diageo took them to court and forced them to change their name. So they went with O'Sullivan's, or sorry, Sullivan's um, Brewing Company. Um, they're, you know, really, they have so many ties to the heart of Kilkenny. I'm really, like, rooting for them and hoping it's a really good beer. They were the first ever Irish beer. So their uh, Maltings Red Ale in 2017 was chosen as the best ale in the world at the... Uh, Burton on Trent um, International Brewing Awards, uh, which are like the Oscars of the beer industry. So, over like twelve hundred beers. Um, now I'm not sure if it's twelve hundred beers in the whole competition or twelve hundred ales, but they won the the best ale for their their red ale. So they also have some awards. So we've got a really kind of 
steeped in history prestigious couple of breweries today yeah that's pretty cool man and especially that you're saying it's the burton on trent awards that was a uh, so like way back in season one there we did an episode on ipas and uh, burton on trent is kind of where the the best ipas originated from apparently something about the water there being a certain um uh water chemistry in that area so yeah these uh the awards have been going since 1886 so for it to get to kind of 2017 2018 without an irish winner in any category and then and then Sullivan's kind of to take home the gold for us. It's a real kind of good achievement for them, and we should all be proud of them as Irishmen. So for once on this show, we've actually got some historical things going on. This is weird. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, Nally. Uh, while she's now going to say something about Kilkenny, <laughs> undo all the good work I have just tried to do. Undo all of it, yeah. Uh, no more than kind of last week. I had um, a kind of thought process in my head <laughs> of how. Uh, a county came up with their name. If they, if you say they killed a guy called Kenny, get the fuck are out. Are you going to say that Matt Parker and Trey Stone <laughs> I had a... designed a county? <laughs> oh, sorry lads, my internet is going. I'm going to have to sign out. You have to fucking shit all over my idea. Bastards. I had a good build up and everything. Fuck it, move on. You were bastards. You were actually going to... Walshy, we're going to have to have words now. That, Come on, it was that, fairly obvious. Uh, but like, I mean, I was trying to make up a back story. Like, it was, it was pretty obvious. Of course, I was going to it was like Kilkenny. It was like, oh, the two boys were in Kilkenny on a on a holiday, and they met this guy, and we're going to. You're still doing it. Like you've told us you're not going to do it. it. We've ruined it. Yet you're still yeah, doing it. But like, I was like, they're going to have a nod to their friend in. Kilkenny and we're like right okay we're going to kill off a character regularly in this and we're like oh what if we kill Kenny and it's a nod to the county but sure sure there's no fun in it now because you're after ruining on me it's the only thing I have every week and you won't even give me that anymore fucking bastards that is simply incredible uh, on that well, note uh, where before we before we go on Kier I'd like to uh, just to make Walsh you feel a bit better um, no you won't Quit. So a long, long, long term, long time fan of the podcast, um, our doctor from Newcastle friend, uh, who while she had a certain disagreement with, um, when while she was claiming to have a PhD in bollocksology at, at one point in his life, but he he talked to the Royal College of Surgeons of Ireland, and they are willing to recognise your PhD in bollocksology for a nominal fee, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, congratulations, while she on this great achievement. Can I get that printed off? Because I think that'd look cool on it's my official. wall. Yeah, money first, baby. Then you can get it. I mean, how much are we talking? Like, off the price air. of a postage stamp? Off the air. DM me. DM me. You have to make a sizable donation to the Eamon Dunphy fan club. Hey. No. Oh, it's, a, no. it's, about, it's about 63,000, baby. About 63,000. <laughs> no. Right, where uh, are we going to go first? So we're going to kick off with Ballykill Cabin's Long Meadow, uh, Kinger. So let's crack cool. them open, boys. Passed the first test. It hasn't exploded. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, it's a uh, it's nice to get back to you know our craft beer roots and be drinking a straight up IPA. No messing about here today. Um, yeah. Uh, it's got a lovely Absolutely. golden color to it. And a little bit of a, a sweet smell, but you can still kind of get the bitterness in the smell. Yeah, definitely. It's it's uh it's not overly hazy either, and uh, from looking at it, it's not it doesn't look super carbonated. Um, 
haven't tried it yet but definitely there is that sweet smell that you're getting there with that malty background it's got really good head retention as well just to point that out like do ye no i maybe need, need to let it settle a bit more but do you kind of get a hint of banana in it i think that might yeah. be the sweetness uh, yeah definitely man that's actually a great shout it is kind of just a little bit okay. there i haven't i haven't tasted it. just off the smell i thought i kind of got a little bit of banana now i could be miles off and 99% of the time i am but no i think I wouldn't pinpoint it as banana specifically, all right, but it, it's definitely, yeah, it is, it's, it's definitely, I think that's the sweeter, the sweetness, or it, it's, it's the sweetness that I'm smelling more than banana. Yeah, but it's, it's, it, it, I think, I think while she's kind of got it though, it is more kind of on that kind of fruity side of the sweetness, as in more like that kind of sweetness rather yeah, than yeah, being, uh, yeah, yeah. rather than, you know, like a sickly toffee or something like that. Yeah. It's got um quite a slick mouthfeel to it. You can kind of get the low carbonation with it, and uh, the flavour kind of sits on your tongue a bit. Uh, and there's a bit of a pininess there, I think, in the aftertaste that I'm getting, kind of reminiscent of those Ooh. West Coast IPAs that we would sometimes have, you know? Yeah, man, it's definitely kind of a slickness, like you say, kind of a little bit kind of oily, maybe. Not overly so, like, but a little bit, just just a bit there. Um, it's like that locale spray. It's not full-on vegetable oil, <clears> but it's a locale spray. Uh, yeah. one, one, one calorie per spray people need to know it's one calorie per spray not one calorie in the bottle because if you just douse, if you just douse pans in that shit it does not lower the calories um, but yeah no there is that kind of thing there it's not overly you know it's not too oily written and the, the carbonation is pretty low but I don't think this needs a high carbonation I think the, the, the they've kind of hit what they're going for no. here and that kind of you know kind of old school IPA type of thing where it is a little bit resinous a little bit resiny kind of piney not over the top though like it's not it's not like some of the you know what ones did we have like the firestone jack that were super piney yeah it's nowhere near that kind of level but it's off the scale yeah like. it, it, it it does lean more that side than kind of the sweeter ones like citrus and things like that i i, I feel i feel a little bit thrown that like I've, like we've had a lot of stuff in the podcast lately that's been like a a, a, a particular type of sour or a particular type of stout or a, a funny take on an ipa this is just a straight up ipa so it's kind of um it's actually quite refreshing, you know what I mean? Um, now, also, I will I will tell you, lads, that I may be m- more on the positive side than I've ever been tonight about these two beers because about 20 minutes ago, I finished mowing the lawns and I just, like, just craving a good beer tonight. So, <laughs> I, like, everything could be extra positive for me tonight. So, uh, we're, we're saying this is just a regular IPA. I mean... We're not going to say it's a long meadow IPA and be like docking it like last week where it was a Burry IPA. I mean, you know, a hundred percent. It's just a name. It's a piss take. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. last week yeah. the actual name of the beer was Rising Moon and it was a Berry IPA as the style they were claiming. Ballycook Cavan here just claiming it's an IPA, which is the safer thing to do. It's a smart because move. You, who the fuck like who's going to know if it's not an IPA? You could put Carlsberg. And like extra hops in a bottle, shake it all up, sell it to craft beer nerds like us and say it's my BA and we'd still buy it. Oh, don't give them I'd, ideas. I'd buy it. <laughs> I'd buy it, but you'd know that it's not an IPA because Carlsberg is lager. And as we all know, lager no, they is just distinctly put a... cat piss. I know, but they just slap some stupid label on it. Yeah. 
Um, so definitely like it's it's in terms of an IPA though I think the taste like is it's a lot more earthy than I would expect an IPA to be. Uh, is that is that the is that the barley or or no? I think King or maybe just uh, maybe like you might be more familiar with like the newer IPAs and stuff like that. They tend to be kind of sweeter, like citra IPAs yeah. and you know New England IPAs. They tend to be on that kind of sweeter yeah. side and not as uh, piney or florally. They're more like fruit, stone fruit kind of flavors. But a good old fashioned West Coast IPA, yeah. like original IPAs, are all these kind of American hops they're kind of piney and resinousy and kind of floral okay. so that earthy tones that you're saying are you know what you'd expect in an older older type of IPA okay. yeah traditional okay. might be a kind of word to say for this Nally the traditional style of IPA and I think like it, we, we're all guilty of it just trying like loads of new things but the IPA market is kind of being skewed towards the citrus and towards maybe the New England ones and I think the flavors help people who maybe, maybe you're, you're, you know, you like those flavors, you want to kind of ease yourself in. But uh, I think everyone should kind of go out of their way to try an old school kind of IPA. Get that piney, resiny bitterness, you know, the kind of florally, what would the word, yeah, floral kind of adjuncts to it, like the estery kind of tastes you get with them. Because, um, like, this is kind of what it all started with. This was how craft beer kind of started getting big, was these kind of flavors, and then it expanded. Yes, yeah, so Walter, I'm wondering what you think, man, because I know you're a big fan of like those Citra IPAs and stuff like this, and this is more, as we're saying, kind of more traditional, more old school style. What are you thinking on it? Yeah, I'm not like when I said at the beginning, I kind of get that um, banana type of a smell off it. Um, I think it's it's fairly standard as IPAs go. Nothing. Magic. There's something there. Maybe it's the pininess that Mark was on about, or something like that. That seems to be a strong enough at the end. Oh, it doesn't make it worse or better, but I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's sitting with me right. But for the most part, it's 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 enjoyable. I don't know if I'd be mad to get it all the time, but if I got it, I'd be very happy to drink it. You know, um, it took it took a fucking long time for that head to go down. <laughs> I don't know if it was just the way I poured it, but that first sip was all foam. <laughs> I was like, "Do I get a flake with this or what?" I'm not sure how it works. Um, but it's nice. It's nice, nice standard, nice standard IPA. So no real complaints about it. Yeah. So uh, just just before we move on to the ratings, then I suppose uh, just a quick thing I forgot to mention about the Valley Kill Cabin. So um, the Walsh family are the people who brew it there in Leash. So Walsh, he probably related to you. If they're from Leash and they're Walsh, they might be related to you. So, you know, check that out. Just on a side note, the Walsh side of my family is from Offaly, but... <laughs> Offaly and Leash, the same they're all Midlands. It's the same yes. county. It's the same county. No one cares. Um, but um, the other side of it as well is the uh, their family crest is a griffin. So on all of the Ballycacavan um, cans, they have a griffin as uh, the logo on it, so they do. I'll be honest with you, I was completely wondering why there was a griffin on all their cans yeah and i i just thought this today because i got like a little gift set of like a couple of ballycle cabin cans with like a glass and i was wondering like oh i wonder why i bet you there's a story behind that and that's the story because the watches are unreal that's what we're getting at (laughs) i was i was gonna try i was gonna swing us back just to, to the design of the can before we went to the ratings just because 
Um, I didn't know it was a griffin. Number one, uh, that's good to know. But all of their all of their cans seem to have the griffin aside, like um, like a slightly spooky type feel, like a to Halloween, them. like a lot of kind of sh- like a Halloween type deal, yeah. right? I'm wondering is that is a part of the family history as well? Yeah, I mean, I've met Paul Walsh and he's pretty spooky, so uh, it's probably runs throughout the family. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, so we'll we'll move on swiftly to the ratings because this conversation is deteriorating at a rapid pace. Um, as usual, the Crafty Crew podcast rating system starts with unbearable. Uh, then it goes booze. booze. Then you have just beer, then brutal, and the much fabled unbeer leaveable. Uh, so, who wants to kick us off here with Ballykill Cavan's Long Meadow IPA? Yeah, I'll kick us off. Um, I actually quite enjoy this style. I like the the kind of it's straight down the middle. There's not too much going on. It's got a nice bitterness and like the pininess is something I kind of do enjoy. The earthiness doesn't spoil it, kind of, and there's enough sweetness there. So I'm kind of on the fence between two, but I'm actually going to say this is beautiful. Um, you know, it's it's fairly pleasant, fairly enjoyable. I could imagine myself thoroughly enjoying an evening of Long Meadows. Um, and yeah, I think there's a there's a lot to be said for uh, simplicity sometimes. And I think this beer just does it all right. It's just nice and standard, traditional, and yet still very tasty and enjoyable. Yep, so I'll jump in behind you, Mark, and I think, uh, yep, for me, this is a solid, brutal beer. Um, that kind of down-the-middle uh, flavour where it's not over-the-top fruity. Uh, it's got that really nice kind of malt, strong malt background to it that gives it that kind of earthy undertones. I, I, I like it. I think it's good beer. I will mention at 5.5%. I don't know how much we're hammering that all night, um, but, you know, it doesn't drink like a 5.5%. You know, that's... That that could easily if you yeah. to, if you told me that was four point five, I believe you no problem at all. It it's really yeah. quite smooth, so it is. Um, you know, it's not overly carbonated, so you're not going to get full on it or anything like that. I think it's a pretty solid beer, and I, I'll give it a beautiful as well. Uh, yeah, it's not it's not an IPA style that I'm used to. I think I'm definitely more used to the citrus side of of um, IPAs. It's it's refreshing though um i think it is even though it is as you said only 5.5 percent it's i think it's sessionable enough um to warrant a brutiful um i could definitely have a good few of these in one in one sitting so uh i'd say a brutiful and i'd say um i have yet to have a beer from ballyhill cavern that i don't like i'd agree so, you know same. consistency is key i think i was on the same lines as mark there he was like between two and i have been as well and as i was saying earlier on there was something about the like whether it was like a, a pininess or an earthiness or something that nearly felt nearly too much. But as you kind of kept going, you kind of, well not to say kind of get used to the taste, but you get more familiar with it and it's enjoyable. And the one thing I kind of enjoy the most is in a pint glass, you're taking a drink and you, as your nose is kind of in the pint glass, you get that smell. That kind of fruity banana, or whether it's banana or not, but it, to me it smells like banana, is very nice and pleasant. And then as you take the drink, it's just a nice, nice beer. It's a nice IPA. So I can't disagree with all of you. And with a solid brutal as well. Consistent. Fantastic. Um, and so as we all know on our little trip around the country, when it comes to doing a little outro for these beers, Mr. King here is uh, going to do his best impression of that county's accent to do it in. So, um, Kinger, uh, why don't you finish the good work I started in slandering the good people of Leash? 
And uh, give us an outro in your best leash accent. Sure, the old electric picnic does be up there in Stradbally, doesn't it? In leash. That's it, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? That's Stradbally. a bit, they're, they're, they're a bit thick, all right. Stradbally. Long Meadow IPA from Ballykill Cavan gets a brutal from the Crafty Crew podcast. So, guys, I was thinking about this because, uh, you know, like throwing the beers in the fridge, getting ready to record. Um, it's not often that I, this could be the first time maybe that we've had a bottle and a can. So the Ballykill Cavan's in a can and the Sullivan's uh, Black Marble Stout that we're about to try is in a bottle. And I was just thinking, like, my my girlfriend has told me this thing before where it's like, oh, bot- she thinks bottles feel fancier than cans. Uh, I don't know whatever connotation she has in her head about it that maybe like a bottle is not something you drink on a green with like loaded your mates when you're 16. She obviously, you know, didn't have a normal upbringing if that's the case. Because you'll drink what you can get your fucking hands on at that age. But um, <laughs> what's what's your opinions on it? Oh, as I've gotten a bit older, I've kind of been like, yeah, you know what? I kind of enjoy giving people bottles when they come over more than like cracking a can and pouring it and having to clean the glass and stuff. So what guys? What do you guys think? So uh, I'll I'll let you know what I think. I think the reason you're not allowed bottles when you're younger is because you're thick and you'll murder each other with them, and they're much harder than cans. If I hit you with a can, <laughs> it's probably not going to kill you. I hit you with a bottle, 50-50 chance. And if the bottle doesn't do the job, after I hit the bottle off the ground, there's a s- solid 90% chance. So, you know, maybe when you're younger, it is a fancier <laughs> thing for people who are, you know, a little more together, let's say. But uh, no, I, I, I think, yeah, as, as I kind of got older, I don't think it really matters, man. I mean, a lot of craft beer is only kind of, they, they tend to can them because it's an easier process for transport and delivery and things like that. It's an easier thing to do. And when you're, when your margins are low, like generally the craft beer community has, because you know it's not a huge, you know it is a growing market, but it's not there yet. You're better off to go with cans. It's easier to do. Um, I think with bottles, yeah, you do tend to tend to see some of the like limited edition stouts and stuff like that. They tend to be bottled rather than canned. And you know, I think just they probably there's probably something about them that they just look better after a while. Like can designs are class, but you know if you have something that's kind of fancy. You know, you want it to look good. You're gonna stick it in a bottle. It might look that bit better, especially if it's something like a stout that you can age for a while. You know, you know, <laughs> you're not gonna have a stout there sitting in the corner like some of the cans that we see, where it's just, you know, God knows, a mouse in a fucking mouse trap with an electric pole shoved up its arse or something. I don't know. It's not gonna look as well as it looks in a in a in a can as it does in a bottle. <laughs> uh, I I would think that it depends what you're drinking. So. A bottle of wine is going to look fancier no. than a can of wine. <laughs> no. Depends on where you're from. You mean a box of wine? No. E- either or. Like, e- like either or. Uh, beer beer is the one thing. Okay, well, like, a bottle, of, a bottle of whiskey is going to look fancier than a can of whiskey. I'm just trying to put, like, something that you wouldn't put in a can, like, in that situation. I, Do you know I'm what I mean? So, like, shit on it. Um, beer, I think it... it <laughs> well, well, how about this? The glass bottles of Coke look a lot fancier than a can of cup or even a plastic bottle. They taste yes. different as well. They taste better as so well. So I, I used to, I did a student placement in Coke and they contend that the reason the glass tastes different is the glass bottle of Coke is the actual flavour of Coke. That glass is chemically neutral and so it doesn't leach into the flavour. Whereas cans and plastic bottles do leach slightly um, and that's why yeah. they taste slightly different because you're getting a little bit of the can or a little bit of the bottle by the time you drink it. So that the glass bottle you would get in, say, a pub, because you kind of only really see them in pubs these days, maybe in special offers in supermarkets. They're like the what Coke is supposed to taste like. 
supposedly. So would you think that cans might slightly alter the taste of beer then? It's possible, yeah. That especially if a beer's been maybe canned and then a month before it's on a shelf and then a month before you buy it and then you don't drink it for a couple of weeks, like three, four months before you're consuming it. Like it's a long time. Any little bit of dirt mm. that's in the inside of the can or even just the metal itself will slowly leach in, you know? As as we know, um, and not to throw a bit of something on myself, but I have recently got a new job and I've always wondered why a lot more places go cans than bottles. I always assumed bottling beer would have been easier because it's a lot more accessible if you're doing home brewing and stuff like that. But I also have a newfound hatred for bottles. Because as Nally pointed out, bottles do not travel well. And they're just awkward and an absolute pain in the hole with packaging. So I have an absolute hatred for anybody that orders bottles of beer. Because it's just awkward sometimes. So if you were in my house, Walshy, and I said, you know what, my mate my mate Walshy's over, I want to, you know, put on a bit of a show for him and be a bit fancy, I'll get him the nice bottle of, of piss beer that I'm <laughs> going to give him instead of the can of piss beer. You know, would you would you take that bottle and smash it on the ground <laughs> and say that bottle didn't travel too well there, did it? Uh, well, no, you see, if it didn't travel too well, it w- it wouldn't have made it to your house. That's what we're getting at. But now, in saying that, I'd also if I'm getting if I'm drinking in someone's house, I get a crate of beer with and it'd be like twenty bottles. And sometimes it's just easier to drink bottles of beer because there's less in it. And you can do it at a vaster quantity yeah. in cans. Cans can be a struggle because there's a lot more in them. But as just travel-wise and stuff like that, there's just like there's a strong percentage. You're like you're getting that package back, and there's broken glass, and you're it's that's just why breweries don't do it as as much as cans because if you're shipping them off in a lot of these places where we even buy beers, cans are a lot more common than bottles because there's a decent chance. The percentage of a broken bottle is a lot, a lot higher than a burst can. Actually, there's a question. You, you talk about Guinness, and I've always said it's like I can't imagine Guinness in a can being remotely close to draft Guinness. But in relevance to a bottle of Guinness, where would you put that between the three? Is it nicer than bottle a can? Is, is it worse than a can? No, bottle, bo- bo- bottle is the worst. I would have to oh, agree really? with Kinger, yeah. The bottle is probably the least yeah. nice. For me, anyway. Would that be? But it's not. Would that be down to the fact that that um I don't, I can't remember the name of it the the ball. No, the widget. Yeah. The widget. Thank the you. widget. I don't. I don't know. Is that in the box? No saying like... that. Saying that. I my mother and all my aunties do a lot of baking around Christmas, and they won't put a can of Guinness in the pudding. They'll only put a bottle. It's at the bottle. The bottle. Yeah. Apparently, I I don't know. That's like an old wives' wives' tale. I've 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 actually noticed that over the years that people are like, oh, I'm making a porter cake or something but it's always a bottle of guinness rather than a can which is quite interesting what i am really enjoying is how long this conversation is going on and how much of a pain it's going to be for kinger to edit and they can see him shaking yes. his head like what the fuck lads <laughs> we said we'd keep it short this, this is me this is me just like r- 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 wrapping it up just left. um <laughs> i had to turn it, on my it light. actually it's getting dark it actually it actually gives us a nice segue into our next beer because it is a bottled stout it's sullivan's black marble stout so um crack it open now that that whole that whole conversation actually i i'm not a fan of stouts and i'm not a fan of stouts from a bottle oh so this is right up your alley this so. goes 
one thing uh no yeah one no definitely one thing historically kinger you've you've mentioned that you don't like about craft stouts is that they they're all mad flavors and stuff and they're all you know they, they yeah push the boat but this one it's isn't which already yeah. now it does say if you yeah. read the label enjoy the taste of a traditional bottled irish stout with roast barley chocolate and wheat malts yeah. and choices tops so i guess they're kind of calling out just a little chocolatey flavor there but they're not gone for anything extreme. Uh, but that chocolate malt and rose malt, they're, they're things that tend to be in a lot of Irish Irish stouts anyway. I wouldn't even... It's just... That's just the name on the on the malt. It's not overly... Um, it might be a little bit sweet or something, but it's not going to be going for that full-on chocolate flavour, I'd say. Now, the look of it is... Uh, it's pretty dark as stouts tend to be. Um, it's not like some of them that are just very, very, very dark brown. It's a proper black stout. Um Oh no, that is like not, not a little, through not even a little. It's like, proper it? tar looking. Oh, um, the head's pretty good. The head's, uh, it's, you know, with some stouts yeah. you get that, um, with some stouts you get that kind of uh, off off white color where it's kind of gone a bit browny yellow. This one isn't. It tends to, it's, it's more white than some of them that, that tend to go that little bit kind of yellow. It's kind of stayed, well, for me anyway, it stayed that more white. And it smells like a freaking stout. <laughs> yeah. So interestingly enough, I we we're all in video chat and I can see um Nally and Walshie's points. And my point, the head was very little and almost immediately has just disappeared completely. Yeah. So I don't know, have I gotten maybe a little bit of a flat bottle yeah, or I something? I think Kingers is the same. Uh, mine's the same. Yeah, mine's yeah, maybe it's just mine's the same, yeah. Glass choice, I suppose. So going back going back going uh, getting back to Sullivan's um uh medium head um <laughs> You won't be able to say so, head without laughing uh, anymore. It, 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 this, like, I always, I always do it, and I know it's at my own peril, but I always compare a stout to a Guinness. And a Guinness, I know, is a creamier, um, it's a creamier drink. This is more on the, um, it's more carbonated for a start. Um, although, when you taste it, it is, it's not as, uh, busy on the tongue as I w- thought it was going to be. Uh, it's it's a lot more pleasant than I was expecting. Oh, that's a good thing. That you, at least you find it more pleasant. Yeah, so I do think, I do think that those uh, chocolate and coffee notes aren't, um, you know, they're kind of a normal thing that you get in stouts, but they're not as pronounced in this as maybe in some other stouts. Um, that carbonation that's in there really helps it. Um, it's one that kind of, if you sip on for a while, you might, you know, you might, you might get that flavour to stick a bit more. But luckily enough, the carbonation clears it and it's, uh, it's one that's pretty solid. So it is. Yeah, it has. Um, uh, in terms of the aftertaste, like there is, it's a, like a little bit of a waxy coating on your mouth. I feel like it, it kind of. Um, it's kind of hard to describe. So, like this might be the stupidest question ever, and I, th- I might have asked it before actually. Um, what's the big difference between a porter and a stout? They're the same, pretty much. The these days, maybe back. Originally, there was some stylistic differences or ABU differences, but these days they're interchangeable. Because I feel, I feel, I feel like if craft breweries um, that make stouts, I feel like if they leaned into the porter name, I think it might do them. I think it might. I think it might help them. I think. I think trying to take on the the world of stout, I think, is a is a tall order. So this week's uh, Mark throwing shade at a large multinational corporation. <laughs> it's going to be Ames. <laughs> At Heineken, <laughs> you Dutch pricks. Okay, how dare you brew a stout in pork? 
Okay, Island's Edge, guys. I don't know if you've seen this, right? They're releasing a Heineken stout, Island's Edge. And you know what? Fair, fair enough. You want to do a stout, that's fine. But I don't know if you've read their press release. I urge you to Google it. Because in it, they say that the stout market in Ireland is stagnating. And there's no options for stout drinkers apart from a main three stouts. Them kind of hinting at, you know, Murphy's, Beamish and Guinness. And reading that as a craft beer fan, and the like literal, literal 50 stouts I have of all crazy flavours and different styles in my press. I'm like, screw you Heineken. Stop trying to get the, the masses of the people. They've just come in and they're like, oh, we're going to do Island's Edge. It's like Guinness with like Hop House and Rockshore. Well, Hop House especially. It was their way of kind of saying, oh, there's this craft beer scene and people maybe aren't sure how to get into it. Oh, but Guinness are doing Hop House. That's like a craft beer. I'll have that. You know, and they're trying to they're trying to take away from the craft beer market, kind of, and I don't like that. And it's, it was just a very, if you read the press release, yeah. it was a very, um, not derogatory, but it was a very condescending press release for all the amazing breweries out there who are doing their best to produce stouts and brew for the sake of brewing. And I just wanted to take a second and just like here. thank those breweries for all. Here, the here, 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 like here, here, like notable exceptions, <laughs> like or exceptional beers like. Uh, Astro Grains from Lineman that we had here recently. Even even the, e- even the bad stuff. Even Siren Broken yes. Dream, right? It broke my dreams, but you know what? At least they had a go. <laughs> next week, next week on Mark Rants, um <laughs> in general, I feel like if craft breweries leaned into the porter name, like the shtick of a porter over a stout, I think I might help them more. Um, I'd like to throw this open to Walshie because as so- a purveyor of fine craft stouts and somebody who self-confessedly hasn't really drank Guinness in his life, you're more familiar with the unusual flavoured stouts and so a plainer stout or more traditional like this is probably more, like less traditional to you. So what do you kind of think of this? I poured this and I expected it. I was looking at, looking at the bottle and everything. I was like, this is going to be super heavy going to be like coffee which is something i hate and when i first smelled it i was like oh no but once i got it into the glass and got a proper smell of it and once the kind of head dissipated a bit where i could actually drink it this is gorgeous i genuinely like there's a nice coffee to it it's nice and it's a hell of a lot lighter maybe i had it built up to an expect an expectation that i was expecting this to be dreadful and then it was like it's it's so light I'm finding and it's so easy to throw back and mm. it has that nice and I, and I find that there's there's not a lot of coffee to it maybe I'm getting the chocolate a bit more which personally suits me better because as as we all know coffee is just something that I'm not not a fan of and other stouts we've had that's very coffee uh, I just I'm having none of uh, but I, I, I think this is absolutely beautiful. Um, like I said, it's light. There's a nice chocolate feel. Who doesn't like chocolate? So, I mean, it's it's win-win for me. It is, um, it, is a, it is a deceiving beer because to look at it and to smell it, you think this is going to stick me to the chair. Like this is going to be, as Walshie was saying, it's going to be super heavy. It's really not. Like this, I think this is a very good... We like to. I think we like to get um, a gateway mention into some craft beers. This is a good gateway into a craft stout, right? 
I, I slightly disagree with it, the gateway thing, right? Because I don't think that this... Like a gateway, you want it to be a bit of a step for somebody from away from the, the usual whatever they're drinking um, that opens them up to kind of new aspects of the craft beer market but still has enough of what they like that they're not going to be, you know, afraid of it or go away from it. I think this is just too similar. I think this is too in the wheelhouse of something like a Guinness or a Beamish or an O'Hara's like... I don't. I don't think this would really help anyone step into the craft beer stout market because I think it's too down the road. Like, you know, I would prefer to give them something like Astral Grains, that is, you know, now it's an imperial, so it's strong, but you know, something like that that would step them a bit further. I think this is too close. Um, I don't know, Mark. I think maybe the fact that this is so carbonated, and those traditional stout drinkers will be used to something that's so kind of creamy and. You know, not carbonated at all, like the Guinness, the Beamish type of thing. But this might actually be a proper stepping stone into it, just because it's something that, you know, for those guys, something so carbonated would be so, you know, weird that this would actually be a pretty decent stepping stone into it. Uh, okay, well, look, let's let's move on to the ratings though for Sullivan's um, Black Marble Stout. Uh, Mark, do you want to kick us off? <clears throat> yeah, I want to go first because I have a feeling I'm going to be the most negative on this. Um, and I don't want there to be any questions of me tanking this beer if, if things go really well for it near the end. But uh, for me, this is just beer. Okay, it's it's a solid stout. It's reasonably pleasant to drink. For me, there's not enough flavor there. It's even towards the end of the drink, the, the carbonation is such that it's clearing your palate well, and the flavor doesn't kind of build at all. Which is good that it's a consistent beer, and believe me, that's nice. But I think it's just missing a bit of flavor for that consistency to really be a huge benefit um, and because of that it's just a just beer for me yeah man so I'll jump in behind you there Mark um, and it's a just beer for me as well um, I don't think it's a bad beer at all I'm pretty happy with it I think the carbonation is nice I don't think you know those kind of subtle flavours are nice to me I don't think they're over the top I think they're a good way to get into it um, you know if, if someone hands me this I'd be happy out I'd be happy out to try and sit there and drink these all night you know if you have this on draft I can't see a problem with it but it doesn't stand out enough to get higher than that um, you know it's solid there's nothing wrong with it uh, but yeah I, I just don't think it stands out enough to be higher than that I do like it though and it, yeah Just Bears I think is a fair place for it to land in my opinion I um, <clears throat> I was expecting to give this a booze before I tasted anything at all so uh just because it's a bottle stout, it's positivity. I know. Just you know, just be, just because it's a bottle stout. So like, uh, it's as I said earlier, it's deceptively light. It's deceptively, um, yeah. I it's it's just beer. Like it's I I wanted to give it more, but I as Nally was saying there that he he'd sit and drink it for the night. I don't think I drink this for the night. I'd have one or two, kind of leave it at that, but like, I'd say just just beer. It's kind of middle of the road. It doesn't do anything wrong. Um, inoffensive is my go-to word normally for that that kind of a beer. Um, so yeah, just beer. I am a step up. I am. Uh, I think it's it's beautiful. Uh, like going in, kind of like uh, what Kinger said, going into it, he was expecting something quite different and i really was it's like super heavy super coffee 
and it's like I seen the black and it's like oh this is going to be like eating a three course meal type of a thing and it's the polar opposite it's a nice light and as we know I like them kind of salted ridiculous caramel, coconut you know <laughs> Mexican hot chocolates these kind of mad stouts so them kind of traditional stouts I wasn't eh, too gone on um, but I think I think this is like I mean I wouldn't compare this to Astral Grains by any means. That that's a different animal altogether. Do you know what I mean? That's why it did as well as it did. But I st- I still think it's beautiful. I I drink as I drink a few of them. Like I mean, if I was a a regular stout drinker, which we all know I'm not. But if it was thrown in front of me, it's like, oh look, we have a keg of this out the back. Will you have a few of them? It's like, yeah, absolutely, a hundred percent, without question. So for me, and I find it very easy drink that. 5.1 it's not stupid heavy but you'll know about it after a while so you know I'm a beautiful beer for me King, Kinger has to do a little outro and tell us uh, the overall result for Sullivan's Black Marble Stout uh, okay here's my here's my best Kilkenny accent right JJ Delaney Brian Hogan Jackie what? Ter- what's going on Jackie TJ Reid TJ Reid Brian 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 Cody, DJ Carey, Henry Shefflin. That's that's all they ever say down there. So um, that's my best Kilkenny accent. <laughs> okay. I mean, it sounds offensive to everyone not from Kilkenny, but everyone in Kilkenny is probably picking up their hurl and going, Arr! <laughs> That's all I'm doing. That's all yeah. I'm doing. I cannot do a Kilkenny accent. like. <laughs> so everybody, that's our episode for Kilkenny. And... Uh, leashes um on the crafter crew podcast on episode six of season two kinger's here to train me on the outros because he feels like he needs a little bit of backup <laughs> and nally and walshy have gone outside to have a small fist fight over what Eamon dunphy's greatest punditry performance was <laughs> nally still believes it was the time he called ronaldo a cod and paul walsh agrees that every Eamon dunphy performance is perfect and so no one can be better than the other so uh from the crafty crew podcast it's a goodbye from Walshy, from Kinger, from Nally, from myself, Merrick, goodbye. How's that, Kinger? Okay? I mean, that's pretty... You can you can do the outros from now on. <laughs> well, I have no time to be a fist fighting dumpy, so, you know, or about dumpy. Uh, and just, I, I have to say, I think his best punditry performance was when he didn't know they were on air and he swore. That was the funniest <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> For me, it was the Cameroon flag colour time. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>